0: Welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is Maria Carr, co-founder and CEO of Rumor Beauty. Rumor Beauty is the first and only online platform dedicated to the discovery of Russian beauty products in the U.S. Maria was born and raised in Russia in the Siberian city of Bernal, but since 2007, New York City has been her home. Before creating Rumor Beauty, Maria led PR, communications, and influencer marketing efforts for leading global beauty brands for the past 10 years. Today, Rumor Beauty has been featured in Forbes, Allure, Vogue, and more. I'm so excited to talk to Maria today about what led her to create Rumor Beauty, her advice for other startups, and more. Let's get into the show.
1: Hi, Valeria.
0: How are you? Good. I'm so happy to see you again. I was looking forward to this all week. Yes, me too. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to discuss your journey to creating Rumor Beauty. But before we begin, can you just give us like an overview of your career background?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I started my career uh, more than 10 years ago. Uh, so in, at first, actually, my career began in human resources. So I was helping entertainment companies recruit the best talent for their teams that included Warner Music Group and then also HBO uh, that was right after college. And then I decided to pivot into something that I've been passionate about, since childhood, which was public relations and communications. So I really wanted to get more on the creative side of things, um, write a bit more, do events and you know, more uh, like activities that were a bit more creative. So that's what made me go into that area of PR. And I started also within the entertainment space, helping um, on the red carpet with events at Film Society of Lincoln Center, and then transitioning into the beauty space. So I first um, came to a boutique PR firm here in New York City. And then um, I've been representing clients big and small within the wellness space, lifestyle, consumer health. And then I've been transitioning to different agencies within the uh, next five years or so. And then I landed at Amore Pacific US, which is one of the largest beauty companies in the world and the largest Caribbean beauty company. And uh, that's where I've been up until I launched through more.
0: Wow. That sounds like such an exciting career journey, like from entertainment to PR. I know it It probably seems more glamorous than it actually is, I know it's a lot of hard work, but you said you were always interested in PR and communications, so was beauty not really something that you pictured yourself going into, like from a young age?
1: That's a great question. I mean, I grew up in a relatively small town in Siberia called Barnaul. And back then, you know, growing up in the nineties, we did not have too much going on in the beauty space in general, in the country and in my hometown specifically. So it was very far away from the capital. It was very far away from major business hubs. So both the idea of beauty or public relations (laughs) were were very, like both of these ideas were very far-fetched. So, um, uh, but then, as I was entering uh, university, you know, back back in Barnwell, uh, there was a PR department that was, you know, always on my radar. I um, I studied very closely with that department, but not necessarily, um, you know, within that. And that was like that's when I got this idea of getting into public relations because I really loved what they've been doing over there, and I really wanted to see myself as part of it. Although, again. PR here is very different compared to what it was in early 2000s back home. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the beauty space, um, I always loved it as a person, you know, like I didn't think about it as my potential career just because those opportunities were almost non-existent back home but they were door-to-door beauty companies like Avon and Oriflame so when I was 13 and 14 I got into the Oriflame business and I was so proud to have the blue bag across my shoulder and catalogs and I'm talking to my classmates and making a little bit of money on the side and using the products myself so it was I mean it wasn't an income it was kind of like my first <laughs> my first introduction to the beauty so the beauty business but yeah it was lots of fun and I personally loved experimenting with beauty and applying all of it and just you know the (laughs) glamour like that idea of glamour that's what's been so fascinating to me yeah that's
0: amazing so you were like a businesswoman at the age of like 13 (laughs) in the beauty industry which is like an interesting foreshadowing to where you are now
1: yeah no absolutely it's so funny to think of it this day you know like yeah, at the age of 13 and, you know, again, clients, it was all good but yeah it actually didn't start up until about 10 years ago like on a bigger more professional scale when I joined the PR agency that actually blended my personal interest in beauty and my long-term passion for PR and the two worlds collided and then uh, that's been my life ever since
0: Let's talk about how you transitioned to starting Rumor. So you're working in the beauty industry for a huge corporation. How did the idea for Rumor come to be? And then when did you realize that you were ready to make the jump?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, I've been in the beauty industry for a while, and I was so fortunate to get to experience lots of brands from all over the world. I've been invited to different events and exhibitions, and it was just, you know, a whirlwind of beauty products all around me. And I came to realization that I've tried beauty products from all over the world, from Asia to Europe to Australia and everything else in between, but I haven't seen beauty products from my home country been available here. And that m- made me think like, oh, like what's happening? Because, you know, when I was growing up, we did not have lot going on um you know like in the 90s it was a very turbulent time for russia in general and most products that we had were either government owned or imports and imports were sometimes very expensive and many of them were not even authentic so you know it was just a very um, interesting landscape i'd say back in the days so then um, I was very curious what's been happening to the modern Russian beauty industry. So um, I'm related to that train of thought to the beauty conversation, I actually found myself on a flight to Moscow in fall of 2019 because I wanted to run Moscow Marathon. And it just, that was a decision that I made on a whim. I was training for um, another marathon and that didn't work out. And I'm like, oh, like I, I, I'm so well trained. I need to go. So I literally booked my ticket. I went over. And while there being a person who spent my entire career in beauty, I was so curious to drop by the stores and see what was going on. And I discovered so many brands. I was fascinated by this discovery because I've never seen those brands here stateside. I've never tried them before. I didn't know anything about them. And I'm like, wait a second, but they, they are amazing. They look great. Like the, the textures are phenomenal. They work. The ingredient list is great as well. And I was I was so curious and puzzled as to why these brands are not available here in the US. And like and I was thinking to myself, I must have missed something. I'm sure once I get back to the US I'll be just paying more attention. I'll go to some stores and I'll like I'll be sure to find something. And when I got back, I started to look around and I did not see anything. And I was like, wait a second, that does not sound right. And I, you know, it made me think a bit deeper. And then I started to to think like, well, if these brands are not present here in the U.S. and they're great. Maybe I should be the person who could introduce them because I personally fell in love with those products. And I felt like my fellow Americans would also appreciate a bit of a different side of global beauty, but then also all of the great natural ingredients and formulations that I discovered and was so fascinated by. So, you know, that idea like that's when the idea was born. It felt like all of the pieces of the puzzle came together because. It also helped me merge my cultural background with my career and my life here in the US, something that I really could not envision before, because, you know, like if my career was in beauty, there were no Russian beauty brands present here. I'm like, okay, like those two probably will never connect. And then I found a way to connect it. And then also, um, you know, we, through Room War Beauty, we brought a lot of value to people who who are now using and loving our product. So, um, you know, the big idea when it came to life, and now it's very exciting to see that it's paying off.
0: I love that a last minute trip idea is kind of like what ignited that, I mean, maybe the idea would have come anyway, but it's just cool to see how like, oh, I'll just book this trip to Moscow last minute and then you ended up finding all these products and that's what inspired you to bring them to the state so I think that's so cool.
1: Yes, it's, it's fascinating. Like looking back, I'm thinking it's like the most random decisions <laughs> that, like, that, that seem very random at first. In fact, they're not random. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like the butterfly effect, you know, like when, when something happens on one side of the planet, it really affects yeah. another. Planet, right? And it's, yeah, it, it, it truly was like that for me. That's awesome.
0: Well, let's talk about Russian beauty because, you know, when I think about Russian beauty, I think, you know, Irina Sheik, Maria Sharapova, like very glowing skin, you know, even looking at you, your skin's glowing. It looks so beautiful. Yeah. I'm curious, like growing up, you said there wasn't a lot of variety. Was there a lot of like natural remedies that are used by Russian women for their skin? And then maybe we can even get into like some of the products now that you're carrying on Rumor beauty. Like, is there something that they have in common or some sort of like Russian philosophy when it comes to beauty that you can talk about?
1: Absolutely. Yes. And, uh, this is actually what Russian beauty is about, because as I mentioned before, we did not have lots of manufactured products available to us. And, you know, in the nineties, yes, we started to get more imports, but before that, you know, like for most of the 20th century, for various reasons, uh, women and men did not have access to lots of imports either. They were extremely hard to get, or they were very unaffordable or it was just, you know, like the whole concept of glamour did not work well in that society, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for most of the 20th century. And people actually relied on natural ingredients. Um, I do even remember my grandma and my other relatives, like, like literally going into the fields, into the forest and sourcing ingredients, using their gardens as that you know, kind of like cosmetic playground in a way where you'll have your berries, you'll have your herbs, veggies, fruits, and then you'll just mix those concoctions. Like for example, one of those ingredients is sea buckthorn. I know it's a pretty rare ingredient here in the US, but in Russia, sea buckthorn berries, you know, every grandma had a garden with a bush of sea buckthorn and then every summer it will produce berries and you'll just find yourself eating berries from the bush and they were full of vitamins. Um, that were really good for your inner health, but then also for your skin. Um, so some of the products that we currently have on Room Rumor Beauty, they, they do have sea buckthorn as one of the main ingredients. Like for example, our um, Botavicos anti-stress serum, it's powered by the sea buckthorn oil. And we just introduced a hand cream um, that also has sea buckthorn oil. And it has that phenomenal sea buckthorn scent that you cannot mistaken for anything else. And I was just applying it last night and I'm like, oh, it's taking me back to, to my garden, like where I could eat those fresh berries. Um, Yeah. And I mean, what's interesting is that natural ingredients, they really preserve through those generation-long recipes and they they I mean many people still use them um actually when we were launching rumor I asked a few uh, Russian-speaking people who I know here in the U.S. to share some of their rec- beauty recipes natural beauty recipes that their families have been using and so many people said well we are still using them you know it's uh like for your hair you do this 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 for your face you do that that you know like they, they gave me so many recipes I had to split it into two blog posts <laughs> because they were great and there were so many and yeah it's the natural thing is still going very very strong but now we are so also lucky to to have the modern technologies like over the past 10-15 years to have those modern technologies to bring those natural and botanical traditions into modern formulations and you know blend it with modern ingredients that um, proven to be efficacious that work really well for the skin so it's that perfect blend the way I like to speak of that.
0: Well, on Rumor now, people can find these products. Can you tell us a little bit about the brands that you carry and how you select which ones to carry on your brand?
1: Yeah, so uh, when I started my discovery journey of Russian beauty a few years ago, I actually came across so many brands. And what surprised me in a very good way was that they were mostly all of them were on that natural side and they were tapping into that um beauty tradition that we've had going on for many many years so my goal was to introduce something that is clean and natural so for me you know, I I felt it was very important because I know that in the US, uh, we are these days trying, like we're trying to stay more natural, more connected with nature, like clean formulations, good for your body, good for the environment type of thing. And I saw a lot of that represented in beauty brands over there. And what I... Uh, wanted to focus on is some of the authentic ingredients like sea buckthorn or let's say nettle sage for hair so it was literally hand-picking products that could not just bring something that's already been available here on the market and I don't know 10,000 other brands are doing that but really bring something different but very efficacious at the same time so it's like really for me it was more about introducing a slice of my culture a slice of something that people did not have a lot of visibility into and then let them enjoy. Um, so yeah and so now we work with six different brands. What's surprising enough is that uh, and that was discovered after the fact um that all of these brands were either founded co-founded, all led by women. So I did not plan it this way. But then when I was just, you know, putting some content together in some materials, like, wait a second, like, we, we are all female founded or female led, and it just gives me that extra joy to see that In a, you know, still patriarchal society, uh, beauty industry is really dominated by women. And it's, you know, to me, it really makes a difference. And I know that um, it matters a lot here in the U.S. as well for many consumers. What is the
0: reaction for the women who like started these brands? Are they really thrilled to be available in the States now, you know, having a wider market of consumers available to them?
1: Yes, everyone was very excited. And, you know, we, we have very close relationships with all of the brands. We always check in on each other and just making sure everyone is, you know, like doing fine. Their business is going, our business is going. So we have those very, very warm relationships, yeah. either with the founders or with their teams. So, yeah, and ev- everyone was very excited because it's, um, I, I know that some of them, they had some presence in Europe. They had some presence. Um, In other countries, within the the countries of former Soviet Union, but it was their first time to go to the U.S. And it's like literally the longest jump in a way, like literally jumping across the ocean. And they were very, um, very grateful for the opportunity and also very excited to let their products be experienced outside of, you know, continental, Mm -hmm. uh, continental Europe.
0: That's amazing. One other thing I wanted to talk about, because since the last time we spoke, obviously Russia has been all over the news and it's just devastating what's happening in Ukraine, but also in Russia with, you know, people really have no choice in what's going on. And a lot of us feel helpless. And I know that Rumor Beauty um, started an initiative to sort of support in the way that you can. Can you tell us about that?
1: Absolutely. And yes, it's, you know, the past few weeks have been absolutely devastating and heartbreaking because, um, I mean, it's, it, it's very hard to even comprehend that this is happening, and this is not, you know, a horror movie or a bad dream, it's like this, is these are the lives of people and it's It's very hard because for many Russians, we have lots of personal ties with Ukraine and vice versa. Um, You know, like I spoke with one of the founders uh, of one of our brands uh, last week and her husband has Ukrainian roots and they have three children together. So it's like, how do you even explain those uh, those terrible things to to the kids who are half and half? (laughs) you know and it's uh it's been truly devastating to see and literally every single day i'm praying for it to be over and what we and, and i know like with so much pain and so much hurt there is i mean I, I think there is no amount of money that can change anything and like you know but what we try to do is that we Uh, We wanted to uh, donate 20% of all of our purchases made in the month of March to an organization called Save the Children. It's a humanitarian organization that helps kids who are directly affected by the war. And I mean, also I wanted to add that um, for us, you know, in Russia and I think, you know, in in many countries of former Soviet Union, the concept of war has been something that we lived with because the impacts of World War II have been so devastating. And even like 40, 50, 60 years after the war ended, that pain of that war still remained in the society because every single family that I know lost a lot. Like they lost family members, they, you know, they lived through terrible conditions. And that concept has always been something that like never again, like we at all costs, like we, we cannot have this again happening to us. And I think, you know, I was lucky enough to learn about it through textbooks mostly and through third-person stories. No kids should really live through that firsthand. And that's why our donation is dedicated to children who basically should only learn about it from textbooks. And they've been caught up in crazy, unfortunate, devastating events that should definitely not be taking place.
0: When we feel helpless, like in the United States, the fact that you're doing something with your company, I think is amazing. And definitely anyone listening who wants to support, like this is a way to do that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, shifting gears a little bit, I want to get back to more about your story. Has there been like a memorable moment throughout your startup journey where you learned a valuable lesson on entrepreneurship that you would like to share with everyone?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's a great question. I feel like um, ever since I decided to launch my company, I've been learning a lot every single day and sky's the limit when it comes to this, because I feel like. You know, there is so much to learn and yes, I I used to work uh, in one area of the business and I, you know, I was very successful in what I used to do, but it's only a fraction of it. But then other areas I'm still learning and still gaining a lot of exposure to. I wouldn't say that there was like a specific like breaking point or like a specific moment in my um, journey that taught me something. But I would say that one of the bigger things that I've learned throughout was that, you know don't compare yourself to others because every every founder every startup every brand even if you're on the corporate side everything is so different and you simply can't compare because you know like yes you see cheerful content on social media like instagram or linkedin or you hear some stories that people made an overnight success. Well, you don't know the full journey. Like that's, that's really something that I always tell myself like, okay, yes, it's great. It worked for them. And I I applaud and I support, but that like we, we don't know the full journey we don't know what these people have gone through to achieve that success and it's also very hard to compare because you you don't really have full visibility into other people's timelines all you know is your timeline your kpis your situation your um i don't know financial situation right your time commitment and all of these details and they all matter so um you know and it's also, you know, like when I um, when I used to work on the corporate side, I felt like, well, you know, I can transfer lots of things from what I've learned throughout my career to my business. But the thing is that many of those tactics they simply didn't work because those were different brands and those were different circumstances and different tactics. They, they, they only like, those tactics were successful for one brand, but they would never be successful for another brand. And I think it's always important to keep in mind. It's like similar as in running. I share that I went to Moscow to run a marathon so I, I used to run and I'm still trying to as much as I can but it's, it's like that as well because yes it's very easy to see someone rushing past you on the course and think oh my god they're so fast and why am I so slow but the thing is, you don't know, maybe this person has been training since they were five years old and you just started last year, you you have no point of reference. Maybe that person is dedicating uh, five hours a day to training and you can only squeeze in half an hour. So there are so many variables. And sometimes we we tend to see a very flashy, bright, happy piece of content and make assumptions. But the rule of thumb for me that, you know, the valuable lesson that I learned has been don't, don't assume just stick to what you have to do know your objectives know your goals and just just follow follow those things and do what you have to do and do your best
0: that's such great advice not just for business but also I feel like for life you know they say comparison is the thief of joy and I feel like that's so true because when you focus on what other people are doing it only takes away from you and ultimately that's outside of your control so the only thing we can control is how hard we work. So I agree with you. Like it's important to just focus on that and forget about what's going on around you as far as like your competitors and everything like that. Yeah. Um, You mentioned a little bit about not everything from your past career applied to your current brands, but I know that the beauty industry is incredibly competitive. Do you feel like your experience working for other beauty brands has given you a leg up in some ways in launching a beauty business of your own?
1: Um, absolutely, and I think it's not something from a specific brand necessarily, but it's rather being a part of the industry for you know quite a few years. And what I think what benefited me the most is that I never wanted to think of myself like, okay, I'm just a publicist, I'm just that. Like I I always wanted to be a part of the industry. I always wanted to attend events or network with people who were not necessarily within my immediate scope, but that was just, you know, like get out there, meet people, get to understand how the industry works, get to understand what are the different things within a beauty company, how they all come together. And, you know, I always had this perspective and I think absolutely that helped a lot because um, just like also like how I came to the idea of room or beauty, because I I found myself to be knowledgeable of what was on the market and how different things were talked about, what were the trends, what were like how different brands position themselves. And I, I found it to be very helpful from the overall beauty industry perspective.
0: Yeah, got it. And I'm sure like some of the connections you made during that time, was that important to have those like that networking done ahead of time so when you're launching Rumor
1: Beauty you already
0: have sort of some connections that you can either ask advice from or just toss ideas to that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And not just within the beauty space. I feel like having um, having connections and having access to different points of view and different perspectives, that's really one of the greatest tools that any person, entrepreneur or not, can have because it's you know you like sometimes even within one industry you may have one vision but then ask people outside of that immediate space and they may provide a very valuable point of view just like from a different side something that you or your industry colleagues may not have thought of before and It's, uh, yeah, and also thinking of feedback from peers, thinking of feedback from uh, people who I used to work with or people who I met along the way, it's been very, uh, very important and very helpful. Um, so yeah, and I still believe that, I mean, as a publicist, I feel like networking has always been a great piece of my job, but now it's even more important. And I do find lots of valuable opinions and pieces of advice from people who sometimes I wouldn't even think about in that capacity, but then they turn out to provide lots of support as well.
0: That's a really good point to ask for advice from people outside of your industry, because your customer is not always like inside of your industry as an outsider's perspective, I think that can be valuable. What about any mentors? Did you have a mentor that helped you in your journey to launch Rumor Beauty?
1: But I think it really goes back to that networking piece because, you know, I, throughout my career, I found lots of people who I bonded with really well. And I wouldn't say that there was one specific person who guided me through the journey or helped me set things up. I mean, if if that's the, you know, like for, if if, there, if I were to name one person, I think that would be my husband because he's he's my co-founder. And then he's been really guiding me on lots of things that were really outside of the beauty space, like lots of things business-related, logistics, and other elements. It's been Kim who supported me a lot. As for mentorship specifically, I'm a member of an organization called CEW, Cosmetic Executive Women, and they offered an incredible opportunity to get matched with mentors within specific areas. And I had a pleasure of um, connecting with uh, a few wonderful professionals um, in in their respective areas who were able to help me with some advice here and there so and with some of them we became partners and some of them we we just stayed as those industry connections and sometimes I even um, you know I don't really believe in that formal mentorship piece because I feel like you can find great advice and um, an opportunity to learn from within your community it could be a former colleague it could be a friend it could be someone you Met at an event somewhere and they just provide you sometimes with different insights something that you didn't think about before and that really ends up benefiting you your personal growth and your uh your business objectives as well
0: yeah you honestly never know what you can learn from someone so I think that's really Absolutely. important yeah well what would you say is the most challenging part of your job and what is the most fulfilling for you
1: so i'll start with challenging you know what i discovered within my business journey has been like there's lots of trial and error and you don't know sometimes what may work or what may not work for you and it affects Pretty much all areas of the of the business because you're starting something new there are no protocols in place there is no set schedule set systems even like set people who will be working with you along the way so you you're working in those conditions of uncertainty which is great because it gives you flexibility it allows you to be the most creative self it allows you to find ways to make things happen despite the circumstances But at the same time, you know, for someone who came from a corporate background, and I've been doing that for 10 years, I was so used to processes and protocols and having things already mapped out in a way, at least the the structure. And then, of course, we had to be creative and we had to come up with different ideas and execute and find the most impactful solutions. But there were already bones and structures set in place. And with the business, you, you are starting from a clean slate you have your blank piece of paper your blank computer screen and here you are it's you and 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 just you and you know if you're lucky you have a co-founder you have your immediate Core team uh, who who are there for you, but yeah, I, I think that's been the biggest challenge, and I'm trying to solve it literally day by day because it's uh, it's a long process, and um, I think it's never-ending process as well. So it's like that ongoing challenge. But the upside of all of this is that you know when I started with Rumor, um, I had no idea because those products they've never been available in the US, so I. I personally love them, but I did not know what the response will be from customers, what the, um, like how they will, whether they will like it or not, like how it will impact their daily lives. And what gives me the most rewarding and satisfying feeling is that when I see that people leave reviews on our site and saying how much our products have impacted their daily lives and how much they change their skin for better. And that's really the biggest the biggest reward that I can ask for. And, you know, I became friendly with some customers over this past year, and sometimes people email me directly or leave me messages through social media, and they really share how how, how our products made a difference for them and what big of a difference that was, And that really makes me happy every, every day. Like whenever I have a bad day, I just go through the reviews. I just go through those messages and I'm like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. And if I can help one more person today, if I can help five more people throughout this month, then I'm doing something that's, you know, that's a good thing, not just for me, but also for the society.
0: If someone wants to go on Rumor Beauty right now, is there one product where you're like, you have to try this or maybe a few that you can recommend? (sighs) Yeah.
1: <sighs> Oh, I think it really depends because everyone has different skin types and skin concerns. And some people may have some, I don't know, they have dry skin. Some people have oily, like whatever it may be. But I think uh, one of the products that's been our best seller is Batavico's anti-stress serum. The one that I mentioned that has C-buckthorin. So it also has niacinamide. So it's brightening. it, It calms skin. It really refreshes skin. And some people even said that, you know, in the past I used to wear makeup all the time and now I don't have to because I'm so confident because my skin is so radiant and some people don't even believe that I don't have any makeup on that. Like that's how, how radiant my skin looks. Wow. So yeah, so I think it will be a great intro into, uh, our beauty. Uh, but we just launched hair care and body care products as well just last week. So those items are still brand new and they're also all on the natural clean side. So if people want to experiment with their hair care and body needs, uh, it's really, beauty head to toe.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, for that anti-stress serum, I mean, we can all use less stress right now with this world. So I think that that one sells itself. Um, Really quick, going back to some one of the challenges you mentioned, like I really never thought about that lack of structure, you know, like coming from even if you're in a nine to five doesn't necessarily have to be corporate, like there Mm -hmm. are systems in place. Do you have advice for maybe someone who's starting their business? on setting those things in place? Cause like you said, it's it's just up to you. Like there's no one who's telling you, hey, do A, B, C, like it's up mm-hmm. to you at the end of the day. But what advice do you have there for like putting some of those structures in place that'll help you move your business forward?
1: I mean, I, I'm a visual person, so I like like to draw things and I like to visualize things. So what worked for me is really having posters on the walls and just drawing the charts. Like, okay, if we do like, these are the bigger things. And then what are the smaller things that come from those bigger things? And then like dividing and dividing and dividing them even further. And then from that, like, okay, this is my to-do list for today. This is for this week. This is for this month and so on. And this way you can, you can see like where each task feels into the larger picture and what kind of an impact a small task can have. And also it helps you see the timeline because you know sometimes we know that in two months something big will be happening, right? Like there is a new launch or I don't know, something new new coming. But then how how do you use this two months prior wisely? To make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. Like, are your pictures ready? Are they resized? Are they edited? Is your copy finalized? Like, how are you supporting from a marketing perspective? And then just like, does your developer know that they need to start coding for those new new pages or whatever it might be? So it's really thinking like thinking strategically, like not getting stuck in the minutia and all of the day-to-day things. And sometimes it's very hard, I have to admit, because we, we tend to focus on things that need immediate attention. But I think you really need to carve out some time and plan ahead a month or two or whatever your timeline looks like, and then really prepare for it as soon as possible.
0: Awesome. Well, finally, I would love to close out with asking you to provide another piece of advice for anyone who's wanting to start their own business. Like they have an idea, but they haven't. I'm trying to think of the word. They haven't.
1: They haven't jumped off the cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they haven't made the jump yet. There you go. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I think the the most important advice. And it may sound cliche, but this is something that I constantly remind myself of is that the time is now and believe in yourself. Because I feel like as humans, we always try to rationalize why we are postponing things or putting things off. You're like, oh, this is not the right time. This is not like I, don't, I may not have enough money, like financial stability in my life right now. There is something happening and it may interfere. Well, guess what? In three months, it will be the same. In a year, it will be the same. Life will be always getting in the way. And the time is like, it's literally now, because as the world has shown us, we don't know what's gonna happen. We have no idea how to prepare for these things because every time there is something new and something um, crazy and may not be pleasant, may not be comfortable. So try to do it now because this way, you know, at least you know that you tried. And unless, if you don't try, the answer is always no. And it means that you always fail because you don't even try. But if you try, there is a 50-50 chance that you may succeed. And 50 is much better than nothing. So that's, <laughs> that's been my personal mantra.
0: I agree. Life is just too short. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been so much fun. I think what you're doing is just so inspiring and amazing. But please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and Rumor Beauty online and on social media.
1: Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to connect and share my story and talk about business and beauty and life. Um, so yes, I'll be more than happy to keep in touch. Our website is rumorebeauty.com. Um, my LinkedIn, uh, you can find me at Maria Carr. And um, on Instagram, it's roommorebeauty And my personal is Maria underscore Instalife.
0: Thank you so much to Maria for joining me on this episode of Office Chats. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us in the next episode.